Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor Curry SK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. And don't forget to follow the show on our social media. You can find us at True North CF Pod on both Twitter and Instagram and True North Canadian Football Podcast on Facebook. You can listen to the show on YouTube, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So let's jump into our CFL news. Man, this this seems weird, but it, it's true. <laughs> uh, quarterback Trevor Harris was traded to the Montreal Alouettes in what some would call a hockey trade. One for one for Antonio Simmons. Uh, guys, just, 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 just why? <laughs> well, that I, that's the question everyone's asking. Like, uh, you know, they were pretty quick to give up on their franchise quarterback that they were paying big bucks to, and it's not like he's the only quarterback that's been kind of la- lackluster this year. Like, the numbers aren't what they normally are across the board. So it's it's really weird that they did that, and it, it just kind of continues to show that something is happening in Edmonton, and it's confusing us from the outside. Edmonton looks like a train wreck. Yeah. Like, what, what yeah. more can I say? I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, that you were supposed to be first, and now you're pretty much locked in the basement. You've given Ottawa their only wins of the season. Like, uh, it's just, <laughs> it's not good. Like, uh, oh, no, I don't even know what else to say. It's yeah. not good. After the news hit about Sunderland banning Joey Moss from the locker room, it just felt like Edmonton went mask off. Just like, all right, let, let's throw some gas on this dumpster fire. And they're just making all these terrible moves from firing Eddie Steele to this trade. And it's just like, and like something's going on. And I don't know what it is, but it is not good in Edmonton well and like Taylor Cornelius like he's been playing all right but he hasn't been playing like lights out football and I don't think like I don't think he's got a win yet maybe one if anything like you know like it's not like he stunned people when he came into the league with how good he was yeah it just makes it even more surprising it's ridiculous because they were saying oh we needed better quarterback play and we thought we could get that from Taylor Cornelius I'm like, <laughs> are you out of your mind <laughs> Maybe they There's released the wrong quarterback. Like, well, your own, like, when your own team is liking Instagram comments, throwing shade on your organization, that's when you know you've got a train wreck on your hands. Yeah, their own yeah. players are under their CFL made a post on Instagram about this, and a bunch of players are under it, just either saying stuff or hinting at stuff and. Some of them are on the Elks, some of them aren't, and there's a lot of Elks that are liking these uh, yeah. Elks that are questioning this decision. Darrell so, Walker, yeah. Yeah, I think I think something's wrong with management Edmonton Day right now. Oh, huge. Huge. And then Trey Roberson is back in the CFL, and he is back with the... Uh, Stampeders who are currently on the upswing, so that's a good move for them. And Rod Black, the man, the myth, the legend, and sometimes the meme 
has been released by TSN. Uh, wish him all the best in retirement. And uh, Sergio Castillo returns to Winnipeg after a trade. Uh, PC received a fourth round pick. And I don't know why PC decided to give Edmonton the one, or Winnipeg the one thing they've been missing. But I guess they were just feeling generous. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. We, there's a couple things to unpack here with the things you're saying. I just want to say Trey Roberson thing sucks for everybody else in the league. And I really hope he's not, he can't play this week against the Riders. And uh, yeah, best to Rod Black in his future endeavors. Doesn't sound like he's, uh, he's done broadcasting yet. Yeah. And then Evans on active roster. I assume that's Shaq Evans. No, Dane that's Evans. Uh, Dane, that's Dane Evans. Evans. Okay, it just says Evans, so I wasn't sure which one. But Dane Evans is back on Hamilton's active roster. That's scary. Tom Flacco, brother of NFL quarterback Joe Flacco and formerly of the Riders, is now with the Ottawa Red Blacks. Shaq Evans and Duke Williams are practicing with the starters at Riders practice, so they are they might play this week, but it's not a hundred percent. And probably the biggest news that just came off the newswire is unvaccinated players won't play in conference finals and the Grey Cup. They will be put on the suspended list, and I believe they won't be paid. They will. No, it's without pay. Yeah, it's without pay. So, yeah, so, boys, how do we feel about this? Well, I mean, it's the heading in the direction everything else is. You know what I mean? Like you have to yeah. show vaccination at the movie theaters and stuff. So, is what it is. I'm just like we talked about before the show. I'm really curious if it's going to affect any big name players when it comes down to the the East and West final in the Grey Cup. Like, just like if yeah, like if a star quarterback or a star running back or receiver goes out or a defensive player, like that would just be that'd be crazy to have that happen that week. Yeah, it's tough, but at the same time, that's what the federal law is or the yep. federal mandate. So yeah, you gotta you gotta do it. Like, and people are like, "Oh, but my freedom of like my freedom of whatever." And personally, that's the whole point. It's your decision. Yeah, you gotta deal with the decision. You gotta deal with the consequences of your own decision. You're not allowed exactly. to just do whatever you want. Yeah, like actions have consequences. That's the whole point. You're just free to take whatever actions you choose to do. That's fair. I would say, yeah, I agree with that. And again, on vaccines, consult your doctor, not your pundit. So, <laughs> your doctor tells you to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. If your doctor says not to, then don't. Like, Brock Sunderland uh, got a medical exemption for it. So, yep. obviously, you have people like that. So if He should have had a medical examination on his brain. Well, yeah, true. But, <laughs> yeah. but if you know, if your doctor tells you not to get it, obviously there's probably a reason, but for most people, get your vaccines. And this is the lowest score in CFL season since 1974. Uh, I don't know, is this really a shocker to anybody? No, be it's been an issue the whole year. Sorry, yeah. I jumped my turn. No, it's all good, but like you just said, yeah, like it's not just like it's one team or two teams, it's across the board, it's just down, so it is yeah. what it is, right? No, yeah, I think like, the only team that is performing good is the Bombers. Like, yeah, yeah. Like we knew that 
having a year off was going to affect some of this stuff, so I don't think it's really surprising, but it's also kind of unfortunate. And then, so let's get into the games from last week. The Bombers defeated the Elks in a closer game than their last meeting, 26-16. Uh, to 16. So, was benching Trevor Harris the right call for the Elks? Uh, no. Uh, I don't, I don't think Taylor Cornelius is the answer. Like you're, you picked a XFL guy over a bona fide CFL starter and like one of the best in the league too. And like we just said, it's not just Trevor Harris having a down year. It's everybody. And for them to use the excuse, they needed better quarterback. Taylor Cornelius played, they didn't win. So I think it's a crap excuse and I'd hope they clean house this summer or this, uh, this winter, sorry, and get rid of, uh, some GM guys, because yeah, bad calls on their parts. It's it's ridiculous watching this go down, and yeah, we we talked about it earlier. It's so just backwards in that organization. The wrong people getting the power, the wrong people getting shifted around and moved around. Uh, just yeah. uh, if there's one team that I hope wins the Grey Cup besides Winnipeg, it's Montreal. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just. I'm wondering who from Ottawa just decided midseason they're going to hop over the Elks organization the way things have been going over there. <laughs> so, yeah, just big mistake by the Elks. I don't know what they're thinking. I just hope they don't make a worse mistake in the offseason and hire John Gruden as their next coach and general manager. <laughs> and if you know, you know. All right. so. Is Zach Kolaros the surefire bet in the MOP race? Uh, I, I personally think so, so far. Like, the running back play hasn't been as consistent. And, uh, like, there's some good running backs. But, I mean, we talk, yeah, we talked, too. The touchdowns aren't there for the running back. So, like, I don't – and there hasn't been, like, a big standout receiver this year either. Uh, the way that there normally is. Yeah, I'd say – yeah, I'd say Zach has it locked in right now for sure. Um, yeah, I'm saying yes. Nobody has nobody has a stranglehold on their position stat line as much as Zach Caleros does. Yeah. For me, uh, I'm I'm almost certain it's going to be Zach Caleros, but I still think the best player in the league is Mike Riley or Michael Riley. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's where I'm at with that. And then, if Harris is hurt, are you confident that Brady Oliveira can get it done for the Bombers? Uh, well, I mean, he didn't actually have a bad game last game when he had 105 yards, so he, he still had a good game, but, uh, definitely not the threat that Andrew Harris is, unfortunately, just kind of the name behind him is scary. So yeah, it's just, uh, I think it would be a lot more difficult for them, but they have been also proving this year that they don't need Andrew Harris to be as consistent as he once was. Yeah, that's true. The, they're looking really good. Um, and plus Brady Oliveira didn't even play a full game and cracked a hundred yards rushing. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's move on to the next game. Montreal defeated the Red Blacks 27 to 16. So what did you guys think of Schiltz? You know, coming in, uh, like I thought he played a decent game. He only had the one turnover, but to throw almost 300 yards, uh, yeah, just it's it seemed like he had a good game. He had that uh, rushing touchdown too. That wasn't just kind of hopping over. He had to run a little bit. So uh, 
I like I thought it could have been a lot worse. That's for sure. Even against Ottawa, I thought he could have done a lot worse. So uh, yeah, good things looking forward for them. It's going to be tough, but it looks not bad for them. Well, I mean, the thing is, now they're getting Trevor Harris, and they're getting him with a fire lit under him. And I mean, yep. if you still got a like, mm. if you got a result to Matt Schultz either way, like one thing that always worries me about backups is if they're like, you know, this this league, you need to have a quarterback to really want to rifle the ball. And seeing that he has a like his longest um, his longest completion was fifty five yards, like that's good to know. Good to know that you got a guy willing to do that type of thing. True. For me, I, I like Schultz, but... Oh, continue. Nope, nope, I was finished. Yeah, I don't know. I was just going to say, yeah, I like him. He's been in the system a long time for Montreal. It's good to see him kind of get his shot here, and I was happy with how he used his legs. He's always had a decent arm, but he's being a bit more mobile, and I like to see that from him. And then... All right, so... Are you confident that Montreal can make the East final without VA after this game? Well, I mean, with the with the addition of Trevor Harris, it looks pretty good. Uh, let's just, yeah, we got to hope things mesh up there. But uh, if ha- Hamilton's rolling into Montreal with Dane Evans and Jeremiah Mazzoli, like that's a tough game. So yeah, they'd have to make sure that Trevor Harris or Matt Schultz is on point because that could be a t- that could be a tough team coming up the stretch. Um, I don't know. It's it's a tough call looking at it. Just like I I really like Vernon Adams. I don't know how much Trevor Harris is gonna take that um the sort of way they've built around Vernon Adams and roll with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like like who knows? He could slot in surprisingly well. I feel like that's what it's gonna rely on. Um, yeah. I think they can make the East final. I think they definitely can. Um, personally, I, I think it's a toss up. Like, I think Toronto gets there, but I think it's a toss up between them and, uh, Hamilton. Really? I don't think there's a crossover this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same for me. It's, yeah. uh, I'm very much a flip a coin on this one because I think what you're going to see from Trevor Harris is he's a more accurate passer than VA. So he's not going to miss some of those deep shots that VA likes to take. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to be the main difference. The mobility is definitely probably the biggest differential, but Montreal has a pretty solid O-line, so that shouldn't be a huge concern. So I think Kurt Harris will probably fit in pretty nice with that offense. And then, any positive takeaways from Ottawa's performance this week? Uh, <laughs> I was I was looking at their stuff. Uh, their backup quarterback didn't throw an interception, and Kenny Stafford got a touchdown. What, the guy, the guy who went two for six. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, he, he got, got hurt, hurt, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he got yeah. hurt too. Yeah. <laughs> like Kenny, yeah, Kenny Stafford getting a touchdown is literally the only good thing here. I mean, like Ryan Davis had an okay game, five yeah. receptions for uh, seventy yards. Like that's not I bad. Need- uh, Lewis Ward did what Lewis Ward does, but like, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, a lot of positives. <laughs> I don't know. I thought they were fine. Caleb Evans, I think he's still worth keeping around developing. You know, he had some picks, but to be fair, two of those were the fault of the receiver who tipped it to a defensive back. But yeah, otherwise, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Davis, I think he's a keeper, but Lance Turner, too, I think you 
those you know three guys to kind of keep around next year and are worth developing but other than that not too much mm-hmm. and then in a very good game calgary stomped bc in their building 39 to 10 so does bc make the playoffs at all uh <clears throat> i don't think so they, like there's no way they're gonna make it in the in the west i don't think with the way calgary's moving and uh i I think right now hamilton's in a better spot than bc is and that's who they have to compete with for that crossover spot and i just yeah i don't see it happening right now um yeah it just i i don't see it happening it just doesn't seem very likely this year yeah, it's a shame since, like, you know, at the midway point of the season, I was like, oh, BC could very well host a playoff spot. And now it's like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, how it's how bad has it? Like, and the thing is, they don't even seem like it seems like it just kind of snuck up on us. Mm-hmm. Like, they still, like, is it just yeah. me? Still, like, I still think they're very good. Yeah. Like, it wasn't uh, too long ago that we were writing Calgary off entirely. And, Edmonton and BC were supposed to fight for that third spot, and then Calgary has just manhandled the Riders and just manhandled the Lions. So yeah. now we're thinking, hey, that third spot is Calgary's to lose. And yeah, I don't see BC passing the stamps, uh, and I don't see them overtaking Hamilton. I think they're a couple pieces away from being a playoff contender, but. We'll have to see. And then, obviously, I believe it was last week or the week before, the Lions released Shaq Cooper. Uh, and a follow-up to that would be, are you satisfied with James Butler's performance? Well, uh, I mean, they only gave him the ball six times. He had 30 yards. Like, uh, not a good game for him, but uh, they also have not built any sort of running game uh, in BC this year at all like Shaq Cooper didn't have a chance it just that old line like Mike Riley gets beat up but those running backs can't take off and uh, yeah it's just I think that's been a big part of their downfall this year is like it, they're they're kind of one-dimensional when they play you know they're going to pass 90% of the time so you know you can cover that a lot easier so yeah I'm I'm not satisfied overall I guess with their with their overall running back performance this year yeah no not at all I mean I'm looking at them six carries for 29 yards no, like, no. um, he was he did some receiving. Like he got he did have four receptions for forty seven yards. Like that's pretty cool. Like that's pretty good. But, uh, like you know, that's a meddling receiver and an underperforming running back rolled into one. Yeah, that's not a recipe for success. For me, it's I don't know. They were trying to get him going early, which is I thought was a good thing, but. They kind of went away from him later on in the game, which is just they they did that, too, with Shaq Cooper. Shaq Cooper would, you know, have some meh carries and then he'd start to get going and then they would just go away from him. Yeah. And like I have just I have no idea why ahead. their OC is doing that. But yeah, it's just for me, it's confusing. Like I get the CFL's a passing league, but you still have to be a threat to run the ball. And for whatever reason, the. I think the game script's more of the problem with BC, not the necessarily the players there. Well, exactly. Like they ran, let's say ten times, not including Mike Riley's little runs. But like, you only run ten times in a game, and three of those ten were to a quarterback. 
Like that's that, and even one of those was to a receiver. Like, yeah, they're just they they don't let their running backs get going at all, and that's it's it's easier to play one like easier to protect one dimensional football when you know what you're going up against. And that's easy to script every week, for sure. And then, what percentage do you guys think Bo is at right now? Uh, I'd probably say he's at a good, uh, like, I'd say like 75, 80%. Like he seems really good. Like for 270 yards, Bo usually throws around the 200 mark. So that's a pretty good game for him. No turnovers and stuff. And yeah, he just, he looked like a better Bo and they put up 39 points with his help. So yeah, just, uh, he's looking good. He's looking scary again. He looks like a good quarterback. He doesn't look like the gunslinger yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm worried. I don't know if it'll happen this season. I sure as heck hope not. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's worrisome. He's definitely getting better. For yeah, for me, Bo was almost at washed territory a while back. I know James, our resident stamp fan, was calling him washed, but he's looked a lot better now, and he's looking a lot more like the quarterback that was extremely close to going to the NFL and had a bunch of offers in the NFL and turned them down to come back. He's looking more like that guy, but he's still not quite there yet for me. So let's jump into our power rankings. Obviously me, it's Bombers number one, Toronto number two, Calgary three, Sask four, PC 5th, Hamilton 6th, Montreal 7th, Ottawa 8th, and Edmonton in the basement. I do, I do got a question for you. Why uh, Why is Montreal so low? I, I just I noticed that when I was making the thing. Like, they won three games in a row. I'm just curious what your opinion is. Yeah, but they beat Ottawa and the margin of victory is, isn't true. great. And they lost that's their big-time QB. So that's why yeah. they're a little bit lower for me. Fair enough. No, I was just curious when I was doing that, so I had to ask. That makes no, that makes a lot of sense. I understand yeah. that. Um, well I got yeah, I got Winnipeg number one. Doesn't seem like that's gonna change all year. Uh the Toronto two, Calgary three, Montreal four, Sask at five, BC six, Hamilton seven, Ottawa eighth, and Edmonton ninth. Just dumpster fires at the bottom right now. Not looking yeah. good. Hey, the thing is at least Ottawa looks like Who's who would you take in a game, Ottawa or Edmonton? Like oh. for my team, like like well, if they the, were well, playing, who would you pick to win? Oh, yeah, I'd pick Ottawa. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like that's, and I mean, I feel like we all kind of would, and that's why we do have Ottawa ahead of them. But it's just weird how both of these teams are like underperforming so much. Yeah, but, it's a coin flip for me, just because I think Edmonton's defense is back now. I think what but. blows my mind is that Edmonton was like Ottawa. People kind of thought Ottawa would be in the basement, and it's not as jarring as seeing Edmonton. That's in. exactly True. that's my thoughts too. Like Edmonton shouldn't be at the bottom. And Mike, to say their defense is getting a little better, I just want to say, besides Ottawa, they've let up the most points in the league this year, by far. True, but when your offense is hardly on the field, that's going to happen. <laughs> that's true, too, yeah. <laughs> okay, so for mine, we've got Winnipeg, then Calgary in second, Toronto in third. If Toronto can go up a spot by default, then they can go down a spot by default, too. 
Um, I've got Saskatchewan in fourth, Montreal in fifth, BC sixth, Hamilton seventh, Ottawa eighth, and Edmonton in ninth. All right. Fun. Let's jump mm-hmm. into our CFL fantasy. For best positional options, I've got McLeod, Bethel Thompson, and Matthew Schultz for this week. Is there anybody you guys would add there? No, I got Matthew Schultz in my lineup. He's cheap and he's starting. <laughs> yep. I'm in the same mind. What about you, Carter? Did we um, lose Carter? Oh, wait, no. No, no, for uh, for QBs? Yep. I got Zach Galeros, man. Oh, oh there you go. Cheap as, like, dude, he's eight. He's eighty-eight hundred. True. The only beef with right. him is that Sean McGuire vultures his rushing touchdowns. Fair, but I mean, he's always seems to like hit those dagger plays where it's like a surprise fifty-yard gain. True. And then let's jump to running back. There's a lot of cheap options this week. More likely than not. So. I've got Kadeem Carey, DJ Foster, Brady Oliveira, James Butler, and Arnis Payne. If he plays, there's an asterisk there. Uh, there is a good chance stand back plays this week. Yeah, I got uh, well, I got DJ Foster and William Standback in my lineup right now, and I got Standback because if he does go out, then I got some extra money to play around with. I can basically pick any running back but Andrew Harris, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm rolling with Brady Oliveira right now because he's fairly cheap if he's starting, especially for a, an offense that runs the ball as much as Winnipeg. And then DJ Foster just seems to always overperform compared to their like um, their money, with the exception of this past week. Um, or, well, with, uh, with the game against Hamilton, is yeah. what I mean, um, with the 0.7. But everything was... Or actually, looking yeah, at that, I is. guess that's only the first two weeks... He uh he actually kind of fell off a little bit. It was a week where he had 0.1 rushing yards. Yep. But anyway, I I believe. But anyway, sorry that week where he had 0.1 rushing yards, he had 15.3 fantasy points in receiving. Yeah, he went crazy. Oh, he's a dual threat. That's why he's yeah. got, he's everybody's on him. But yeah, for me, I've got Kadeem Carey, Brady Oliveira, and DJ Foster in my lineup right now. So there we go. And wide receiver, if you can afford him, you got the green light to pick him, I think. Uh, Jake Winicky, uh, Rashid Bailey, Chandler Worthy, and Steve Dunbar. Is there anyone else really that's a good fantasy receiver pick in your mind? I had a hard time with this one. <laughs> yeah, receivers were tough this week. I, I have Rashid Bailey too, but I also picked Kenny Stafford and BJ Cunningham as of now. Uh, Rashid Bailey's been consistent target of Zach Caleros and... Uh, it's been working well there, so I think he'll have a good week against BC. And then, uh, yeah, Kenny Stafford wasn't a bad price. And, I mean, he could get another touchdown. He seems to be a consistent target there. And, yeah. Uh, I am curious, though. Are either of you going to put Duke Williams in your lineup for 9300 bucks? No. No. And when he hasn't even played yet. Oh, he no hasn't way. played, no. <laughs> Wide receivers are where I like to spend sort of the lowest amount of money. Besides yep. the defense, obviously. But True. Just because, like, there's so many wide receivers, like, with a running back, you know that all the running plays, or at least 90% of them, are going to go to him, right? Exactly. And then, for if you want to pick a defense and special teams this week, 
I'm going to say go with Hamilton because they're playing Ottawa and bullying Ottawa is still a viable strategy in fantasy. So for value pick, oh wait, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you want to, like, if you're going expensive, go BC's, or sorry, BC's, go Winnipeg's, because they're going to light BC up, I think. That'll be, uh, they'll, they'll, they're going to kick the snot out of them this week. I'm debating if I go with a defense, if I go with a cheap defense, like, I'm going to go with either Ottawa's defense, or I'm not going to grab one, and I'm just going to upgrade somewhere else. My if your choice is Ottawa team. defense or upgrade, upgrade. Straight up. Just straight up. <laughs> Don't even have to think enough. about it. And then the value picks here are Keon Hatcher and Luther. Oh, man. This is one of James's friends from York. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his name because <laughs> his last name is a bit too hard to pronounce. But if you search wide receiver Luther in CFL Fantasy, you will find him. Uh, all the games he's played is put up numbers. So. Definitely worth picking. And then for locks this week, I have got Kadeem Carey as my lock. It's been super good the last couple weeks, and it's definitely worth picking now. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> I got uh, Rashid Bailey this week. Uh, not trying to follow up a big game last week. I think he can always have a bigger game, but uh, yeah, just I think he'll be a good target for Zach against BC this week, and he should uh, he should play pretty well. Um, I'm going Zach Caleros again, like cheapest quarterback that I feel like is going to put up good numbers. Interesting. All right. So on to our pick em. boys. I finally made it. Let's go. I'm over 500. <laughs> the Let's... gang is here. We're all over 500. We made it. And we're all better than the CFL pick em people. So let's go. By far. Yeah, holy. by far we're actually better. Than <laughs> <laughs> so I have got Toronto beating Montreal. I've got Hamilton beating Ottawa. Winnipeg beating BC. And I think Saskatchewan beats Calgary this week. Yeah, good picks. Uh, well, I got Montreal beating Toronto. I kind of want Toronto to win, but I feel like Montreal is going to pull it off. Uh, Hamilton is going to beat Ottawa, obviously. Uh, Winnipeg is going to crush BC, and I don't think you can beat a team hopefully three times in a row. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't think you can beat a th team three times in a row, knock on wood, so I uh, hope the Riders get the win this week. Uh, I'm going Montreal. I feel like they're going to surprise people. I think they're the underdogs, but I think they're going to get a, the win. I'm going Hamilton. Again, Like I think Winnipeg is going to win. I feel like everyone's kind of got to pick them until somebody can prove that they can be beaten. And then after two times, like after two back-to-back -back weeks of picking Saskatchewan to win, I just, I hope I'm wrong, <laughs> but just the thought process of picking the wrong team to win three times in a season series is, I don't, I don't want that. So I'm going Calgary just to cover my bases. Oh man. Carter well, should have I just put the broom emoji in there, man. Bro, I, dude, I don't know, man. Well, yeah. I had the thought earlier, I was like, well, I kind of said the same thing. I didn't think Winnipeg could win three or four in a row, and what they've won three or four in a row now. Like so five now, I think. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> anything's possible this year for sure. They are absolutely rolling right now. So let's get into our game time cue segment. Does MBT struggle after his bye week? Uh, I don't think he struggles. I think it'll be a close game. Like, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but he will, uh, I think he'll play a pretty good, consistent game for sure. 
I think he struggles a smidge, but I don't think it's anything like, you know, I don't think we're going to be calling for his head after the game. You know, I think maybe uh, maybe a pick in the first half, but then he sort of cleans it up, you know? Yeah, that's fair. For me, he's probably the streakiest quarterback we have in the league. And coming off a of bye week, statistically, teams are worse. So for me, it's... Uh... I think he might struggle in the first half, but he gets it back in the second. And then Ottawa versus Hamilton. Will the injury to Ottawa's backup uh, result in Devlin Hodges, the duck, dressing for this game? Oh, I hope so. Like, it's about time that, like, you know, everything's like, they know that nothing's happening this year. So, like, why not just get him in and just see what he can do finally? So, yeah, I really hope it's time. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it, yeah, you have to. You have to see him dress and you probably want to use him a little bit just so you know who you've got there really with that current setup. People are like, "Oh, you got to keep Caleb Evanson." No, you don't. Now is the time to specifically experiment. Yeah. Yeah, you have X amount of weeks left and like nothing to fight for at this time. So fight for next season to find like the guys that have like you get film and be like, wow, this guy's really good. We're going to start him next year. Yeah, for me, it's very much. Yeah, Cale Evans has proved that he should stick around, but maybe not as the starter. You know, he's Mm -hmm. a guy worth keeping and worth developing further. Yeah, exactly. I don't think Devlin will have some of the rookie mistakes that Caleb Evans is having. He'll have some of the American guy coming up north mistakes, but not the rookie mistakes because he has been under the big lights before in the NFL for a couple games. And so he won't necessarily have those nerves like uh, Evans did, but for me, I would like to see him at some point this year. He got the three-year contract, which generally is very rare to see rookies get three-year deals in the CFL. It's almost always two. So to see him get the three-year deal, it tells me that Ottawa really believes that he's probably their future. And I don't know if it's this game. Again, it depends. If Caleb Evans struggles this game, I think we see him. Oh. <gasps> had a long enough time to learn the offense so hey, and sorry i just gotta say something here so right. oh so it's it's not gonna play any effect but james wilder apparently he just confirmed that he's unvaccinated but i don't oh. think he's gonna get traded before the deadline so i don't think that's gonna have as big of effect as i thought it would but yeah there's a big name player that didn't that's not vaccinated hey you just said it earlier in the pod and you're right i just refreshed three down nation and there it is so he just, yeah. All right, so there's your big name, Taylor. But <laughs> for him, I don't think Evans is making the playoffs anyway, so he probably yeah, doesn't exactly. have to worry about that. Not as James Wilder impact. Jr. Is, hi- is tired of hiding. You don't have to hide. It's not a big deal. Nobody Where cares. did he say that? Hold on. Where did he say he's tired of Oh, uh, my confer- God. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. That's just the title of... Uh, oh, of Three Downs story. article. Yeah, I see yeah. that now. I'm just checking. Also, they linked a tweet. Also, as a story writing thing, if you're going to not put your name on the story, don't editorialize the story by saying that he's tired of hiding. Unless that's a direct quote, then don't. Yeah, yeah like, I just checked the link to the his tweet. I don't like definitely, that. Definitely, he didn't say that. 
Oh. That's Hold yeah. Like, y'all ain't throw gonna your lie. name on it if you're like I'm okay with like when it comes to sports analysis and things like that. I'm okay with editorial editorializing your things if you don't know what that means. It's basically putting your own words into it, your own opinion, basically. Um, I'm okay with you doing that, but you like I don't like the concept of you being like, oh, this is what this person is thinking. They're and speaking not for him, your yeah. Name. yeah. Yeah, and then not and they don't have the guts it. to put their name on it. Just as that's three down exactly. staff. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so yeah, I 100 percent get that. They used to always put the name of the person who wrote it, but some I mean, of the more spicy that. stuff they they hide. They, they, we I do that whenever we whenever we write a story that involves the RCMP. Oh yeah. You, um, we always whatever uh, we staff. Always, we put yeah we use like Portage online staff. Oh okay, yeah. They they use that whenever they have a hot take at three down, but Yeah. I, I'm looking at the tweet James Wilder sent out. It just said, Well, I had fun, y'all. Ain't gonna lie. That's all it says. Then it links to I believe what is it? The story. Yeah, the, the unvaccinated article. And then Sean Lemon replies, I love this. LOL, y'all season will be over before those dates broke. <laughs> and he ratioed is... <laughs> James Wilder. That is great. Know. I'm gonna like that tweet. That's amazing. Yeah, that's savage. Yeah. I love it. Um, but anyway, I guess we'll move on to the next game. That that was that <laughs> that news just popped up as we recorded. So excuse us for stopping the pod to kind of talk about that for Attitude. a minute. Breaking news. Yep. So BC versus Winnipeg. If Andrew Harris is available, do you use him? Uh, no, I really don't think so. Like, it's BC, they're not really a threat, and it's not like Winnipeg is going to, uh, they're not fighting for a playoff spot right now. So, like, give Harris the week off. It's not worth the risk. Like, let him have the week. It's not like you have a horrible running back in the backfield behind him. So, yeah, why not? You have two good running backs because you. I believe they still got Johnny Augustine as well. Yep, they do. Yeah, they do. So, here's the thing. Winnipeg is currently in, like, the best position imaginable. They have four games left in the season, and they need to win one. It doesn't yeah, matter exactly. which one they win. As long as they win one, they will host the Western Final. So you can sit Harris for, like, two weeks, and then if, they, if you lose both of these next two games, then you want to kind of hit the panic button a little bit and, like, bring in all the big guns. But, yeah, like, if if... Oliveira is serviceable and he's more than serviceable. Why risk it? Mm-hmm. True. And for me, yeah, uh, he got injured last game, so just give him the extra week to just rest. In my opinion, don't you don't need to win this game. You don't, or I guess you don't need him for this game. I should say. Yeah. So why put him out there and risk it? You know, just let him sit, let him recover a little extra longer. And then he comes back uh, next week with fresh fresh legs. And then for Saskatchewan versus Calgary, does the return slash addition uh, to Saskatchewan's wide receiver core make a significant impact? And that's assuming that one of either Duke or Shaq Evans uh, cracks the lineup this week. Uh, yeah, I think they will, uh, they'll make a significant impact for sure. Uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but an article also came out where Duke Williams is quoted saying the last two years I was in the CFL by far, I was the best deep threat. So, uh, 
I don't know if I'm going to disagree with that. Uh, he was really good in his time here. So, uh, like, I think if they do bring those guys in, um, defenses have to prepare for our offense different. And, uh, yeah, it definitely makes it, cause it definitely makes a significant threat. It, it helps the O-line. It helps William Powell. It helps Cody and it helps the other receivers. So yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know if it really changes the way that you want to like go against them because they like Saskatchewan's been a team that's more willing to chuck the ball down the field. I mean, Cody Fajardo made that a pretty contentious issue when he uh cussed out his receiving core. So, I mean, they're they're obviously willing to try and take those shots. Um, but I do think just in general, I think it's gonna make an impact. I mean, you you see those two guys, you can't see them, but like you can't see them as anything besides a plus. Yeah, for sure. For me, uh, yeah. Duke, when he was in the CFL, he was a bit of a freak of nature. He was so big and so fast that he was just impossible to cover in the CFL. His body type, you'd think he'd be in the slot, but most of the time he was out on the field. Uh, I believe it's where Kyron Moore is or just outside of where Kyron Moore is that area so i'm curious to see where saskatchewan puts him they'll either put him in where he and schaefer baker has been on that boundary slot spot or he'll be out somewhere on the field and he was best out on the field so i'm just curious where they put him yeah i could see them putting him even in sorry ricardo like if ricardo lewis's spot if he doesn't split it with schaefer he could go on the other slot on the other side oh yeah because they're both you're right, they both have been playing that boundary side. I think Lewis has been the wide receiver and Schaefer's Schaefer Baker's been back. the wide receiver. No, I'm looking at it right now. Schaefer's been the wide out and Lewis has been the slot back, so Okay, yeah, that's what I meant. Because he people are saying, Oh, put Duke at that slot spot in on the inside, and it's like he's more of a field guy, so it's just gonna be interesting to see how they use him. Yeah, absolutely. And then on to COVID activities. So Halloween is coming up, so I'm just watching some horror movies on the weekends. I watched Halloween 2018 for the first time, and I thought it was a fun movie to watch. Highly yeah, recommend it was a, that on Netflix, yeah. I watched that one, too, uh, like a week or two ago. I seen a clip on TikTok, and I was like, oh, I gotta watch the movie now. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, the sequel is out, but it's not out for streaming yet, so it's like, oh, I want to watch that before Halloween, but let's see. Yeah. Uh, well, I got a recommendation. I don't know if you guys are... So I, I think I've done this one before, but the show's called Luther. It stars Idris Elba. He's in... Uh, well, he's in lots of stuff. He's... Yeah. He's one of my favorite actors. But anyways, he's a cop, like a detective in London, and he goes after, like, the serial killers and, like, the big murders and stuff. And the story is just incredible. They just announced uh, Netflix is doing a movie for it. So I'm super excited about that. And yeah, there's like five seasons and some of the seasons are two episodes. Some are four, but it is uh, like, it'll keep you on the edge of your seat the whole time. It is such a good show. Highly recommended. Um, For me, I've been like, whenever I like my work schedule has been moved around a lot. So whenever I'm at home, I'm usually just like relaxing. So, but with a, a lot of my free times, what I've been doing is I've been trying to get back into Winnipeg just to see family again, you know, things like that. And um, I'm really excited going out with some buddies. I told uh, these guys before the pod, I'm going to the Great Cup. If the Bombers get there, 
if they don't mm-hmm. then i'm not i'm i'm just going to resell cuz it's expensive it's it's like it's going to be a super sick experience and it's like um i'm sure it's a bucket list for every cfl fan is to be live there when your team wins it and i just haven't seen the bombers look this this statistically likely to make the cup ever so yeah. I was going to say, last year they didn't even look this good, and they won the Grey no, Cup. They like... looked absolutely like, <laughs> I think it was like a 5% chance of making the Cup at the beginning of the playoffs. Yeah. It's like, they were playing teams, all three teams were considered stronger than them, and they were on the road for all of them. Even though oh, I yeah. guess the Grey Cup doesn't, like, super matter, but, like, still. Yeah, but still, yeah. Fair enough, and I guess that wraps up the show, so... Thank you very much for listening. You can check out our social media at True North CF Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and True North Canadian Football Podcast on Facebook. You can find us. Uh, you can listen to the show. Sorry, on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcast. Uh, I've been your host, Jimmy Leach. This is the True North Canadian Football Podcast signing off.